episode number 192 of the Living Deliberately podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So I also want to say thank you to those of you who tuned in to last week's episode and responded to my conversation on generosity. Most of the people who responded said to me that they did have the same perspective that I offered last week. That is to say that if you're not being intentional, then an act of generosity isn't really considered generous. In fact, what I forgot to do at the end of last week's episode was to offer my definition of generosity, which is to say that generosity is, as I see it, an open and free-spirited willingness to give without expecting anything in return. And if you didn't tune into last week's episode, I think you should check it out. And after you listen to it, you can leave me a comment on my website or on iTunes. A woman named Sarah left me a comment on my website, and I wanted to say thank you to Sarah and that you should reach out to me personally if you would like a promo code to my audiobook, The Clear Way. And anyone else who would like to listen to my most recent book on Audible, I welcome your comments on my website or on iTunes. And then in the spirit of generosity, I will be in touch with you to send you your promo code. Okay, so this past weekend, my husband and I and our three boys went to visit our daughter who enrolled in a gap year program between high school and starting the army. She started this program in September and it's about two and a half hours away from us. And believe it or not, we haven't visited her up until now. Even on the first day of her program, where I was planning to drive her down to move her in, you know, with all of her stuff and her bedding and everything else you need when you move to a new home for a year. But I didn't move her in because she decided to take public transportation and move herself in by herself. Yes, she is incredibly mature and independent. So it's been like four months, and I've really wanted to visit for a while, but logistically, it would really mean to go and stay over for a night, because otherwise it's a ton of driving in just one day. And with work, it really only made sense to go down over the weekend, but it would also mean having to arrange to stay somewhere. And the problem with this is that my daughter is like in the middle of nowhere. She's not doing her gap year in the middle of a city, but rather about a half an hour from Jerusalem in the middle of the desert. It's so remote, this place. I didn't ask how many families live in this community, but my guess is it couldn't be more than like 100 or so. And so the only way for us to be able to visit her would be to rent an Airbnb, which is hard, not only because there are so few options, 
but because we're living in Corona times. And to be honest, I kind of haven't really been living deliberately on this matter. Instead, I've been playing a victim, waiting for my native Israeli husband to figure out a solution for us. But I caught myself in that place of being, which I don't want to be, and instead I took the bulls by the horn and set out to figure a way to visit our daughter this past weekend. I started out by posting in two Facebook groups that I'm in, which focus on people traveling around Israel. I asked if anyone had any familiarity with where we could stay nearby my daughter's community, and within minutes, thank you very much, Facebook, somebody responded saying he lives in that community and how could he help. So we took the conversation off of Facebook and over to WhatsApp, and it turns out that there's this American family living in this community, and that this guy even used to work in the youth group that I grew up in in the United States. And he said he's familiar with my community, and he even has friends where I live, and that he would ask his wife if she would want to do a house swap with us. And I was so excited about this opportunity, right? I mean, I totally didn't expect this when I first wrote that post on Facebook. I was expecting suggestions or recommendations, but certainly not an immediate possibility. Turns out his wife was so into the idea even though they had never done a house swap before. This family has four kids, just like us, and after writing back and forth about logistics, like, you know, should we bring our own linens? Should we leave them for them? What about towels? What about the kitchen and the dishes and all that? It turns out everything was like a win-win for both sides. All of this happened about a week before, which is plenty of time for us to get ready for the weekend. Now, here's the thing. After we agreed that this was going to be the plan, I got clear. I didn't tell anyone in my family this because why would I? But I got clear. I took myself through the clear way step by step. I uncovered lots of expectations, right? Like I expected their house to be clean and tidy, which is why I spent literally five days cleaning our house as well as I could. I expected them to take care of our house and leave it as they found it. I expected to be comfortable in their house and I expected them to feel comfortable in ours. I expected no problems at their house, like no problems with finding the house, no problems with getting in, no problems with taking a hot shower and putting the heat on and all of that. I had more things on my mind, but here's the thing. I released all of those expectations. Not because I didn't want them to happen, as I had planned in my mind, because I did, but I released them so that I wouldn't get stuck if things didn't go as planned. And I committed to being positive, flexible, and joyful. So Thursday night, I'm up pretty late cooking because our plan was to take all of our food down with us on Friday and not spend any time on Friday afternoon cooking. In other words, I didn't want to cook at their house. I wanted everything to be done and just brought there to make things easy. I also woke up Friday morning pretty early to finish up the last minute cooking. Our goal was to leave the house at 10 o'clock in the morning. Around 10.15, just as we finished packing up the car and we were about to leave and lock up the house, I received a phone call. And it was the man I had been in touch with from the beginning. 
He called to let me know they had just left the house about 10 minutes earlier and they were so excited to come, but they just found out that their first grader had to go into quarantine because someone in her class just tested positive for corona. And as I listened to him sharing this news, I noticed myself in this place of fully accepting what was. As in my old me, or when I didn't get clear about things, I got nervous or excited or would react automatically or would reject reality as it is, and I would basically get stuck. But that's not what was happening in that moment. Despite the fact that our car was packed up, the kids were sitting in it, and our daughter was jumping out of her skin waiting for us to come visit her. I have to admit, I did do my best to see if this family was willing to come anyway and start their quarantine here, like in our house, but they just didn't feel right about it and they were nervous that, God forbid, they might leave any traces of the virus in our house and get us sick, so... I called out to my boys to tell them to come inside. I told them the news, and the outbreak began. No, they started whining. This isn't fair. My boys just, you know, started complaining as if I created this problem. My husband started at it too, telling me to call this person or try to call that person to see if they have friends in the community and who would be willing to lend us their house, which I just laughed at internally because... A, finally my husband is taking an interest in organizing this weekend, which I was doing on my own up until now. And B, he's so funny when he says things like that, see who wants to lend us their house, when he is like the last person who wants to let other people stay at our house. Anyway, everybody was on edge as if the world just fell apart. We had a packed car, food that needed to get back in the fridge if we wanted it to stay good, and this huge feeling of uncertainty. Everyone was all of a sudden stressed and stuck. And that's just what happens when you get surprised or when you get shocked about something. You get stuck when things happen that you didn't expect and that you weren't prepared for. But I wasn't stuck. I was still being positive and flexible and joyful. I continued texting with this man asking if he had any more ideas for us. He wrote to his neighbors to see if by chance anyone was going to be away to no avail. My husband suggested we just get in the car and start driving and hope something will work out. I suggested we keep trying. I certainly didn't want to arrive to our destination and then realize we have no place to stay and end up having to sleep in the car. My daughter was in the know at this point and also was super disappointed. She asked us if she wanted us to try on her end, and after a few minutes of trying, I told her that, yeah, please, we would appreciate it. And then just a few minutes later, she told us to get in the car and start driving because she found us a place. One of her teacher's wives, parents, or something like that, owns a home, and the bottom floor is a rental, and it happened to have been vacant, And it happened to have been fully furnished with six beds, which was just such a miracle. And the truth is, even though my boys and my husband were all excited and jumping for joy, I was silently getting myself clear once again, because who knows how this could turn out, right? It certainly felt like a dream come true, but as I've learned in my life, 
It's always best to come mentally prepared if possible, so you'll have less chances of getting stuck. Turns out it was a dream house for us. It was clean, it wasn't too big and not too small, it was furnished, including the basics like beds and toilet paper and soap, and it was just down the street from our daughter. And if you are inside of the Living Deliberately hub on Facebook, you'll see some pictures that I shared from this house. It was an incredible weekend, joyous, lots of laughter, and the desert scenery just blew us away. And so what I'd like to speak about for the remainder of this episode is this concept of trusting the process. As I see it with everything that arises in our life, we have a choice to accept things as they are or to reject them. We can embrace things and love things for what they are, even if we don't agree with them, or we can struggle against it. With absolutely everything that exists in our life, we can either embrace things or reject them. Now, there are some things that are easy to embrace, right? Like when your kid comes home with all A's or when your husband comes home from a long day at work and he surprises you to say that he also went food shopping so you wouldn't have to go this week. Or when whatever goal you're working on, starting a business, losing weight, preparing for a marathon, when that is showing you positive results, well, that's easy to embrace, right? That's so easy to trust the process. But I'm not necessarily talking about that. I'm talking more about trusting the process when things don't seem to be going in your favor, Like when you receive a text message from another parent saying how your child was acting inappropriately. Or when you're not getting the results that you're looking for. And yes, even when your husband doesn't come home from work because he made a choice, well, let's just say a choice that wouldn't support the health of your marriage. Of course, I could list tons and tons of examples, but I encourage you to think of some of your own. Where would you say life isn't working in your favor right now? Whether that's in a relationship, at work, your physical health, an idea that you're trying to create and build. Where do you feel like life hasn't been fair to you and you wish it were showing up differently? Where do you feel like life is shutting its doors in your face? Remember, you always have a choice. You can trust life as it's happening to you right now, or you can reject it. In my opinion, trusting the process is a way of being. It's an attitude that you can choose to commit to. In fact, it's a very powerful pose to take because it's basically proclaiming to the world that when you start your journey, whatever journey you're choosing to go on, You are trusting that whatever happens, whether you have big wins or big falls, you're trusting that the process is going to support you and support your efforts. And it's this trust that will give you the strength to continue on and to pick yourself up when you fall down and to continue to keep your eye on whatever it is you're looking to create in your life. Trusting the process is not easy for most people simply because we have a mind and our mind wants to believe it's in control of everything. And the truth is, 
our minds are in control of everything, but not the quote-unquote everything that you believe, right? The mind is really only in control of everything it perceives. The rest, which is all circumstances, happens whether we like it or not. And so when we can relax into what is, whether we like it or not, we open ourselves up to realizing there may be something here that we can embrace rather than fight. Now, most of the time in the heat of the moment or in the shock of the moment, it's almost impossible to be trusting of the process because the mind is going to automatically react and try to defend itself. The mind is going to tell you that what's happening should not be happening. And so, of course, you shouldn't be trusting the process. This is why striking a pose of trust or getting clear ahead of time is so valuable to your emotional health and well-being. So that when you get into these unexpected moments, instead of fishing around for what to do or how to feel, you can fall back on trusting what is because you already mentally prepared yourself for it to be that way. When you start your day with trusting what will happen today is meant to happen, everything you experience will feel that way. But if you start your day with a lack of trusting your process, you're going to be suspicious and anxious and afraid and doubtful every moment of the day. It all depends on how you direct your mind. So if you commit to being trusting, you'll be trusting in every area of your life. That is, that what is happening in this very moment is meant to be happening for you. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, oh, that's really easy for you to say, Shira. Your life has been a piece of cake compared to mine. Of course you can trust everything. Why wouldn't you? So the first thing I want to say to that is, I'm not here to compare our lives. The work of living deliberately is not about comparing my life to your life or your life to my life, but rather supporting one another to waken up to what is in our lives, no matter what's in it. And the second thing I want to say is that I've had my share of challenging spots, even though they may not compare to yours. I've been in a near-death car accident, as well as contracted some random bacteria that nearly killed me just a few years ago. Both of those stories you can find in my first book, Getting Unstuck. My husband and I struggled conceiving after our first child was born, and I had a miscarriage during my third pregnancy. I've had my share of failures in my life, both personally and professionally, and I can go into detail and share more, but it's really not the point. This podcast isn't about me. It's about you, and it's about your life, and it's about making the best of your life. Look, can I say that I'm always in the place of trusting the process all of the time? No. When I feel off, when I feel stuck, I'm not in a place of trusting the universe. I feel like the universe is working against me. I feel like no matter what I'm doing, I'm never going to succeed. I feel like someone's playing a trick on me. I feel like, how in the world could I succeed if there's absolutely no proof in the world that I can? Like, if there's no evidence that things can be different, if I'm not seeing the results I want to be seeing, why should I trust this process? And sometimes I'm in that place. 
But I know that that's just my lower brain talking to me. Because when I get myself unstuck, I feel quite differently than that. When I'm unstuck, I can start to connect the dots and recognize that because that event happened, this event was able to occur. And because that door closed on me, this door opened. And because this thing in my life didn't go well, the next time I do this thing, it's going to be so much more improved. Truly, every event in your life can be looked at in two ways. That life is happening to you or that life is happening for you. And with each event, you get to choose. It's amazing, isn't it? No one else can choose that for you. We are all on a process of healing, no matter where we are on our journeys. The one thing that we have in common is that when we started out this journey of life, we were filled to the brim with trusting this process. As babies, we could have been passed around from adult to adult, and we could have fallen asleep in the arms of any stranger, right? Now that's called trust. But what we also have in common is that as we age, we tend to lose that trust. It gets hidden under disappointments and stories and fears and memories and disbeliefs. But even though it's sometimes hidden, it's always there. We just need to get unstuck to see it. And when you come to access that trust, or when you begin to cultivate a sense of acceptance for what is, you come to feel ready for nearly anything, anything life will bring on your personal journey. There's a fine line, by the way, between accepting what is and not taking action at all. So please don't misunderstand me. I'm certainly not saying that you don't need to do any work because you'll just accept things as they are anyway. No, I'm not saying that. What I am saying is to show up and to do the work and to be the best version of yourself as you can and to give yourself permission to feel the easy and feel the difficult emotions and trust that however life is presenting it to you today, it's meant for you to experience. Because if it weren't, it wouldn't be presenting itself to you in this way. It just wouldn't. So take a moment now and think about a place in your life where you may be struggling. It could be in the home or at work or with yourself. And then take a moment and see if you can consider trusting that process. See if you can consider that there is a reason life is presenting itself to you now exactly as it is. And consider if you can allow life to be your teacher. Or consider the people in your life to be your teachers. And see if you can consider that what you are experiencing right now is happening to you for a reason, that it's something you absolutely need to have in your life in order to grow and evolve forward. Where in your life can you take that attitude rather than an attitude of fear or scarcity or helplessness? 
I know this is not always easy, my friends, which is why I created the Living Deliberately journey. I created this 12-week course specifically for people who are looking to create a change in their life, for people who want to improve a relationship, for people who are feeling stuck and want to make a meaningful change in their lives. Because you know what? It's really hard to trust the process when you feel like the process isn't working for you. And that's what happens when you start any journey. You start with excitement and anticipation and determination and commitment, and then boom, something happens, you get triggered, you fall off track, and not only is it hard to get back on, it's really hard to trust the process is ever going to go where you want it to go. Believe me, I know this feeling because I've committed to many such journeys in my life, and I'm very familiar with the difficult emotions that arise with them. I'm opening the doors to this 12-week journey starting in January, and will be looking for only 10 people to go on this journey with me. Please be sure you are subscribed to my newsletter so that you are in the know when the doors open. I don't want you to be left out if you are interested to be part of this exciting experience. So be sure you head over to my website, shiragura.com, and sign up for the newsletter, or send me a private email so we can begin that conversation. I'm going to be leading a free webinar in the second week of January so that you can learn more details about the program. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. Wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting unstuck, getting clear, and living deliberately with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Living Deliberately podcast. If you would like to continue the conversation with me, come join us in the Facebook group, The Living Deliberately Hub. I look forward to being back here with you next week.